Yeah. Okay. A good nerve shabbos. Today's daf is daf mem dalid, page forty-four, and we pick up the end of the first line on mem dalid amar aleph. The words are the ella kasha. The gemara that we're coming off of discussed that the reason why people who live in Eretz Yisrael do not take a lulav on the first day of Sukkot is because since outside Eretz Yisrael, people who don't have a perfect calendar are not allowed to take lulav on the first day of Sukkot because it may not be the first day of Sukkot, maybe tomorrow is, since we can't do it. So we don't want to, and this is again, once the Mesut is destroyed, so then we don't want to split up Kal Yisrael where you have people in Eretz Yisrael doing one thing and taking a lulav on the first day of Sukkot, and the people outside Eretz Yisrael um, doing something else, which is not taking. And therefore, what do we say? Nobody takes. It's very interesting. Because if you think about it, this is such a beautiful and, and, and a powerful idea of, of the role of Chachamim in Klai Yisrael. Because there's a mitzvah deiraisa to take a lulav on first day Sukkot. So for us, it's a safek, Shabbos, oh. Fine, we understand. But in Eretz Yisrael, you have a chiv deiraisa. It's a, it's a real chiv. So Rashi points out to us that, interestingly, it seems like the Chachamim are going against the Torah. Everybody's starting a new religion, right? Could the Chachamim tell me, "Don't do a mitzvah. Don't worry about what the Torah says. Don't worry. We say it's different." What is this? You ever heard of such a thing? The Chachamim can tell you not to, not to keep a mitzvah? So Rashi points out, interestingly, that yes, the Chachamim have a power to tell Klal Yisrael, shove the Altaisa. They are allowed to tell Klal Yisrael not to do an Avera, chas v'shalom, but they could tell Klal Yisrael with their shikol hadas, with their balance of how they see the mitzvah and the raya esanayla, the long-term effects of the mitzvah, they could tell a yid, instead of actively performing a mitzvah, we're telling you, Shava al-taisa, we're not telling you it's not a mitzvah, we're telling you, you're not allowed to activate the mitzvah. Because it could come to a real, uh, a real avera that's done in Klai Yisrael. Now, my father, Zechariah Lebracha, would point out uh, a, a another additional thing to notice over here, which is that we're concerned about a small percentage of Klai Yisrael who's doing Averis. It's a fascinating and powerful idea for Kiruv. Right? What's the whole idea? Oh, there might be a few people who don't know so much, and they might take their Megillah, their Shaifer, their Lulav, and go ask a Rav, and they might carry on Shabbos. Okay, how many people are doing that? Come on. How many people? Even if it's a high percentage, 5%, 10%, what are you going to tell me? One in 10 people might do this? Might carry on Shabbos. Klal Yisrael has a mitzvah to do. Why are we worried about that small, uh, that small percentage? The Chachamim tell us Shaval Taisa. All of Klal Yisrael doesn't perform a mitzvah because you got to be. You, we need to be concerned that other people aren't sinning. And there's there's a role that Chachamim play over here, and this is a uh, this is a, uh, a very 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 important idea that needs obviously heavy das Torah to know when to apply this and when not to. Okay, but let's stick with our idea over here of, of not splitting up Klal Yisrael. And therefore, even in Eretz Yisrael, they don't take Lulav on day number one. We have a contradiction between two Mishnayis. Here we go. How so? 
The Tanicha, the one Mishra teaches us, Kolam Elichus, Hodeim Larabayis. Everybody brings the Ulavim to Larabayis before Yom Tiv. Before Shabbos, Utnani Dach, it says elsewhere, Lebeis says that everybody goes to Shul. I don't understand. Umetartzim. Did they go to the Beis HaMikdash? Or did they go to Shul? Umetartzim. So we explained, we answered. When the Beis HaMikdash was around, they brought their Dalamin into Shul before... They brought the Dalamin into Beis HaMikdash before Shabbos. And when the Beis HaMikdash was not around, they brought the Dalamin into Shul before Shabbos. But what do you see from here? They, they would bring the Dalamin into Shul. Even when there's no Beis HaMikdash. You see from over here that you do take a Lulav on Shabbos, even when the Beis HaMikdash is not here, obviously, as long as you're living in Eretz Yisrael. Okay? Says the Gemara light, no contradiction. Both Mishnah is the one that says they would bring their Lulavim to the Beis HaMikdash before Shabbos, and the one that says they brought the Lulavim to Shul before Shabbos. That's both during when the Beis HaMikdash was standing. It just depends where you lived. Not everybody was in the Beis HaMikdash with their Dalaminim. So it was the times of the Beis HaMikdash, but when you were in the Beis HaMikdash, you brought it before Shabbos, and when you were in a shul elsewhere in a different city in Tiberia, in Tzvas, wherever you lived, Hamat Bet Shemesh Aleph, yeah, wherever you lived. So you brought your uh, you brought your Dalaminim uh, to shul. Okay, now listen to this. This is another very important idea that we're coming out with. Let's keep, let's halt cup. Because what the Gemara is telling us now is a very, uh, is a new yesod about the role of the Beis HaMikdash. It's not new, but it's new for our Gemara. I thought we said Laisiskai to do. The people in Eretz Yisrael can't, do different, can't be different than people outside Eretz Yisrael. People in the, right? So therefore, everybody's got to be uniform. Everybody's do the same thing. I understand. When the Beis HaMikdash is around, all of a sudden, people in the Beis HaMikdash do one thing, people outside the Beis HaMikdash, they're not really doing something different over here. That's the truth. Right? Everybody's ultimately taking to the love him. But you see that the Beis HaMikdash was, functioned as a automatic achtos maker. If the Beis HaMikdash is around, there's a lot less concern. There's a lot less concern of some members of Klai Yisrael doing some things, some members of Klai Yisrael doing something else. But once we lost the Beis HaMikdash, the Chachamim were a lot more makbid on Klai Yisrael doing different things. Because we didn't have that underlying connection. You know, when you have... When you have a good relationship with somebody, you could afford a little bit of musr, right? When you don't have a strong underlying relationship, you got to just make sure that there's no, you know, there, there's no opportunity for uh, for separation. It's a very, it's a very, it's a fascinating yisoid in how the Beis Hamikdash functioned, and 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 how it really kept kept the Klal Yisrael together. Okay. Period. End of that um, discussion. Not end of that topic, but end of that discussion. Okay. New discussion. Continuing on the first line of the Mishnah that we're still focusing on, which is why there's no two dots over here, but we said, Lula va'arava shisha v'shiva, right? The mitzvah of the Dalaminim 
and the mitzvah of the Arava and the Beis HaMikdash, which at the end of Amad Beis yesterday we clarified that, and we'll see what's going to happen here, but as of the end of yesterday's daf, how did they do the mitzvah of Arava? We said they held it, um, walked around, and then leaned it on the Mizbeach. Right? That's how we, that's how we, and on, that's how we explained the, how the mitzvah of Arava was done on yesterday's daf. Okay, here we go. Amalei Abai L'Rava, Abai says to Rava, Maishna Lulav Devavdina Shivla Zechel Mikdash. Why by Lulav? Nowadays do we take it all seven days Zechel Mikdash? Maishna Rava Devavdina Zechel Mikdash. And nowadays, yeah, we only take the we only take the Arava on Hishana Rava. We only take the Hishanis on Hishana Rava. Why don't you take it every day? The same way we do Lulav. Amalei Hayovadam Yisdichavazer by Rava Shabalulav. He says we do, we do the mitzvah of Lulav all seven days. You know how? We do our we do our rubber because we hold it in our lulav. So at the same time, you're holding your lulav, you're holding our rubber. So really, you're doing our rubber all seven days. But it's the seventh day where you hold our rubber by itself. Okay, Amar It's not true. You're not holding your rubber. You're holding a lulav, and it's only there for the mitzvah lulav. It's not there because how many people say, "Oh, I'm buying the dalit minim." Eh, why? Because I want to do the mitzvah of our rubber. Nobody does that. And if you're going to say, and if you're going to say that, uh, I'll tell you what to do. Pick it up twice, once for the mitzvah of Lulav. And then pick up your Arava every day for your mitzvah of Arava. And Taka, we, do the, we should do the mitzvah every day. Uh, no, we don't. Show me one Yid who, who uh, in their house picks up their Dalet Minim twice, once for the Mitzvah of Lulav and once for the Mitzvah of Arava. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And this is a beautiful idea. Because he's basically saying, and there's also foundational in how we interact with Yidin, don't be might see laws on Klal Yisrael. If Klal Yisrael does something, if all of Klal Yisrael does things, which means they don't pick up the Arava, it's obviously not, it's, it's obviously not the right thing to do. No, people don't do that. People aren't doing that. Oh, be as well. What are you making up? <laughs> my parents never did it. My grandparents never did it. My great-grandparents never did it. My Rav doesn't do it. Where are you making this up from? He's not like saying, oh, uh, you know, I'll prove it from a pus again. He says, no. He's like, people aren't picking up their, their Aravas again. All right? So, obviously, we're not doing Aravas. Okay. So, he agrees. He says, okay, I've got to come up with a reason why we don't do Lulav for all, why we don't do our Rava for all seven days. Amar Azvid Mishmeh Rava, Lulav Daraisa, Abdina Sheva Zechel Mikdash, the Lulav, which is Daraisa, on the first day, and in the Mikdash for all seven days, so therefore we do Zechel Mikdash all seven days. Arava Darabanan, why Abdina Sheva Zechel Mikdash, by Rava, which is only Midrabanan, um, uh, is. We, we don't, what, there was never a takana to keep doing it nowadays. Okay, now, let's pause for a second and take a deep breath. I thought we said Arava's Daraisa, right? On day seven? Did, aren't we under the assumption that Arava is, I don't know if it's Daraisa, but something a little more serious about day seven. This is the sugya right here about getting into Arava. What, we never brought a pasuk backing up Arava on day seven. We never brought a pasuk. So, or a source. So, this is the sugya right here. Let's go. Says the Gemara, Leman, which Tana are we dealing with that says in Arava on the seventh day was only Midrabah? 
following the din of Amashol, Ha'amar, Arvei Nochal, Ksiv Shtayim, it says, Arvei Nochal, you should take two Aravas, Achas, Ulevachas, Lemikdash, it doesn't mean just two Aravas, it means two Mitzvahs of Aravas, one in the Beis HaMikdash, and one in your Lulav, so it can't be, okay, why? It can't be Abishol's Halacha, because Abishol says, Arvei Nachal is a Din Dairaisa, Aravas is a Din Dairaisa, so he can't be the Tana who says, Aravas is the Rabbana. If it's the opinion of the Rabbana and Hochasuk Mirla, the Rabbana hold that the mitzvah of Arava and the Beis Hamikdash was Halach Lamaish Misinai. We, we came across this right recently. Eser Natias, the Allah of, uh, of Eser Natias. Remember, we, this was on, on Rishchidish El. The Halacha of when you have ten, 10 young trees together, you're allowed to keep working them all the way up till Shemitah. You don't need to stop 30 days before. Venis Arava, the mitzvah of Arava, Venisa Chamayim, and the Nisa Chamayim on Sukkis are all Allah from Ashmi Sinai. But again, it's either Da'iraisa, Arve Nachal, that's Abishol, or it's Midrabanon who say that it's Allah from Sinai. Where's their opinion that Aravas is the Rabbana? Alam Razid Mishrid Rava, rather Razid says the name of Rava, Lulav, this like Ikamanatar Begabulin, Lulav, which has a source, Minhatayra. Outside Eretz Yisrael, right? Because we know on day number one, there's a Chiyub Da'alim Minim. Even outside the Beis HaMikosh, there's a Chiyub Da'araisa. So then, since we have a Da'araisa, Avdinan Le'zecha, Sheva Zecha Le'mikdash, we continue all seven days. Arava, the last Be'ikram and Atayra Be'gvulim, but Aravas that never had an Ikram and Atayra outside the Beis HaMikdash, it was only inside the Beis HaMikdash, that either Arava is the Araisa because of Arve Nachal, or it's Allah Hamayshmi Sinai. But outside the base of Mikdash, there's certainly no Dairaisa or Allah Hamayshmi Sinai. So then, nowadays, once there's no base of Mikdash, Layavdinan Shiva Zechel Mikdash, that's why we don't take Arava. Okay? So that's Rav Zvid's answer. The question was let's get an overview. Basic, let's just, you know, halt cup. What was the question? One question, one answer. Question is, we do Lulav all seven days, Zechel HaMikdash. Why don't we do Arava all seven days, Zechel HaMikdash? The answer is because Arava has no biblical, uh, no biblical beginnings outside the Beis HaMikdash. So when there's no Beis HaMikdash, there's no need, there's no need, to, um, uh, there's no need to take it all seven days. Rather, we take it on the seventh day itself. Okay. Amrish Lakish, Rish Lakish says, Kaihanim Bali Mum Nuchnosim Bein Olam Blamas Biachde Lotis Barabam. The Kaihanim who had Mumims, they weren't so involved in the regular Avaida. Right? So we need to give, we want to give them a, a way to be involved in the service of the Beis Amikdash. So they would go into the area of Bein Olam Blamas Biach, Bein Olam and the Mizbeach, Kade Lotis Barabam. And they were the ones. Who did the mitzvah of Arava? They picked it up and lead it against the Mizbech. Amar le Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan says, Maya Amara. He says to Reish Lakish, his beloved brother-in-law, and Chavrusa, who he was Makarif. He says to him, where do you get that from? Where do you get that from? So the Gemara says, Mi Amara. Rabbi Yechanan asking Reish Lakish where he gets it from. Ha'iu Amar. Rabbi Yechanan himself says it. Tamar Abbas Yom Rabbi Yechanan, Mishra Rebbe Ish Bakas Beis Horzon, Esar Natiyas Arav of Nisuch Hamayim Alacha L'Mayshem Yisinai. 
So you see that according to Rabbi Yechonon, it's Allah Lomayshu Misinai, and there's a real Chiyav. Anything that's a real Chiyav for the Kahanim to do, the Balimum should be allowed to go in. Why does this Allah seem to be bothering? Why does this statement of Rishlaka seem to be bothering Rabbi Yechonon? Says the Gemara, no. Ella, rather, Rabbi Yechonon was asking his beloved brother-in-law, Chavruza, Mi Amara bin Atila. How do you know that the Kahanim would do it bin Atila? This was the conversation we had yesterday. How do you do the Mitzvah Rava? Did they take it, or did they lean against the Mizbeach? Rish Lakish here just said they took it. Rebbe says, Mehechetesi. Where do you get that from? Doma Bizkifa. Maybe they just stood Aravis on the side of the Mizbeach. And if they did, here's his, here's his problem, Rabbi Yechina. If they did only lean it against the Mizbeach, then the Kahana Bali Mubim should not be allowed to enter that area, because it's not an Avaida. And also, Miyamar Bali Mubim. And if you're going to say that it is taken, who says the Bali Mumim are allowed to go uh, into that area and do the Avaidah with it, okay, Mechetesi Doma Bitmimim I'm sorry, not with waving, if it's waving we understand why the Bali Mumim go in, but if it's just leaning against the Mizbeach, then maybe somebody without a Mum should be the one to do it, because there's no Avaidah needed on behalf of the Gehanim, all it is is leaning, if there's no if there's no need for the Bali Mumim to be there in that area by the Mizbeach why would we allow them to do that? Okay, so that would be the back and forth between Rabbi Yechonon and Rish Lakish. Ibmar, we learned, continuing on this, on this uh, conversation, Rabbi Yechonon, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, very interesting. Okay, and that is, is, the, is an Arava Yesayid Nevi'im, or is the Arava Minag Nevi'im? Now, this is a new statement, don't be bothered. The previous statement was, is Arava da'iraisa or halach l'mayish misina? Now, who's asking? Um, uh, there's no asking, there's machlaikas. Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Shub, and Levi. One says it's a Yisait Nevi'im, one says it's a Minag Nevi'im. Arava. Okay? Now, what's the difference between and Minag Nevi'im? Zerashi points out, a yis- the word Yisod means foundational. Okay? If Arava is a Yisait Nevi'im, that means the Nevi'im established Arava as a mitzvah. If it's a Minog Nevi'im, so it's something that happened over the, uh, over the course of years. Okay? Now, you'll ask, or I'll, we'll ask, who cares? What's an Afkamina? Either way, if it's a Yisai Nevi'im, if it's Mamish, the Nevi'im made it a mitzvah, there are banan, you gotta do it. And if it's a minig neviim, they establish it as a minig in Kali Yisrael, you got to do it. Right? So who cares? What's a nafkamina? So a practical nafkamina is, Zuck Rashi, whether you make a bracha. Because you can't say, Asher Kiddushanu b'mitzvaysa v'tzivanu on a minig. The Torah gives the power to Chachamim to establish mitzvah. So you could call it a command. But something that just developed over time as a minig in Kali Yisrael, you're not going to make a bracha. So that's the Shiloh over here. That's the Machlaikas over here. Whether you make a bracha on the mitzvah of Arava when you pick it up or not. Okay? Whether you make a bracha on the mitzvah of Arava. Beautiful. Now, we don't know who holds what opinion, but we know it's Machlaikas between Rabbi Yechon and Rabbi Shubh and Levi. But says the Gemara, I'll prove to you, Tistayim will prove the Rabbi Yechon Udamar Yisrael Devim, Rabbi Yechon is one who says that it's mamish like a chiyuv, it's an obligation, uh, it's, it's like a mitzvah. Okay, so it's a good proof. Rabbi Yechonon, do you make a bracha when you pick up a rava? 
And Rabbi Shul ben Levi is the one who says that it's a menog nevim, and therefore you don't make a bracha. I don't understand. This is one big contradiction to what we said before. Right? Rav says just before that and now you're telling me it's a Yisaid Nevi'im. The Nevi'im established the mitzvah? The Nevi'im, the era of the Nevi'im was not till later. If it's Allah Sinai, it was given at the time of the Torah. So it's a contradiction in Rabbi So the Gemara says, He thought, Ishtayim literally means he was quiet, but it means he, he, he thought for a little bit. The Yomar, he says, I'll tell you what happened. You're right that really Rabbi is saying it's Allah Sinai. But the Rabbi Yechanan saying is, it was forgotten. And then the Chachamim came back and they reestablished it in Klal Yisrael. Okay? Now this is so interesting. Because this is not the only... We've come across this concept before. Where something can have a source as Allah Sinai. Now not, we don't really find it in the Torah. Right? Because the Torah was never forgotten. The Torah Shebeksav has always been here. But things that are passed down from Rebbe to Talmud, once we went into Gullus, there was upheaval, and th- there, things could be lost. Things could be lost. We know that in our own lives. When there's upheaval in our lives, when things happen that could be ha- ha- play a, a big emotional toll, right? So uh, our, our mind starts to forget or play games with us. We know the mind's a, uh, a very, you know, it's, it controls everything, right? It's a very, it's a very powerful thing. So, when Klausel went into Gullus, things that weren't on paper, very, not very often, but at times, could be forgotten. It is Allah Sinai, but after we went into Gullus Babel, um, the Nevi'im kind of reestablished it. Uh, for Klal Yisrael. Says the Gemara, is that true? That the Torah in Bavel, this is so beautiful, the Torah in Bavel is even stronger than the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. You this? How can you tell me, ask the Gemara, that the people in Babel had forgotten the, the Halakha Lamaish Sinai because of, because of the exile. When Rabbi Yechanan says he went from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, and he said that the people of Babel um, are the ones who are, are holding on to the Tyrish Tark. So, how can you tell me that we forgot things? Says the Gemara, like Kasha, there's no question. We turn to the top of Amad Bey's. Kan b'mikdash, kan b'gvulim. Okay? One's talking about the Aravas in the Beis HaMikdash, and one's talking about Arava b'gvulim. Now, this is not going on the question of, I, how could the people in Babel be different than Eretz Yisrael? This is a new answer to how Rabbi Yechanan could say, it's Allah HaMesh Sinai and the Yesod Nevi'im. The answer is that it's Allah HaMesh Sinai in the Beis HaMikdash, but the Gvulin outside the Beis HaMikdash that we take Arava on day 7, 
that was a Yesayid Nevi'in. But it's so interesting that the Gemara is sticking with this idea of the Torah of Bavel, even though Kim Yitzion right? The Torah could stem from Eretz Yisrael. But the Torah in Bavel is just as stark as the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. And the reason why this is so fascinating and comforting and encouraging is because the Gemara is not falling off the reality that gullus and upheaval causes uh, forgetfulness and causes a, a shift in how we think. The Gemara is sticking with that. When people go through things, when we go through things in our life, absolutely, there's things that are forgotten. But still, you could get through it. You can go back to the way things were. Nobody's ever stuck. Nobody's ever stuck in an experience that happened to us. We can always ultimately, um, in a way, even uh, even come back in a much stronger form. And uh, this is what Rabbi Eichelon was saying when he went when he when he heard the Torah of Bavel, the Torah uh, particularly was Rav Kahana. He says uh, he says the Gullus Bavel is is gone's fine. It's gone's fine despite the Gullus, right? Yeah, we forgot it. All right, but but all right, uh, we we got it back. Every everything that we go through. <clears throat> As uh, as a nation, and as individuals, ultimately, we're, we're, we're a, a person should never view it like we're stuck in that uh, in that reality. We always have the option to pull, to to get back. Okay. Amar Rabami Rabami says Arava Tzri Chashir. The measurement of Arava needs a a uh, it has a measurement. There's a certain measurement needed for Arava. Then Tila Ela and also, when you do the mitzvah of Arava, you're not allowed to have it tied together with the lulav and hadas. And you can't be yaitze with Arava she'belulav. Okay? Fine. Meaning, you can't just pick up your dalad minim and say, oh yeah, this is my lulav and Arava. I'm picking, you know, I'm doing both of them. Now says the Gemara, I don't understand. Don't the last two seem to be the same? He told us three things. What did Rabbi say? Arava has a minimal amount. We're going to learn what that is now. Also, you got to take it by itself. And you can't fulfill your mitzvah while you're picking up a lulav. Well, if you're picking up a lulav, aren't you taking it with something else? Two and three seem to be the same. Kivan, uh, says the Gemara, Kivan, you just told me it's got to be by itself. So, of course, what do you got to mention number three? That you can't fulfill it along with your lulav. The Gemara says, no, I would have thought to say, Maybe if you lift it up twice, you should be okay. But if you do, I'll say it's okay. So Therefore, Bami lets us know that even if I pick up my Dalamina with the Arava, and then I put it down, and then I pick it up again, the shame Arava, says rule number three, not good. It's got to be, um, it's got to be by itself, even if you pick it up twice. You could fulfill your mitzvah arava when it is with the lulav. Okay, how big does an arava need to be? What's the measurement of a arava? The measurement of aravas is you you have three branches that have ale lachen that have fresh wet leaves on them. Rav Shesha Samar and Rav Shesha says, Afilu Allah Echad All you need is one leaf 
on one arava. Says the Gemara, Allah echad ubad echad. I'm sorry. Says Yafibu Allah echad ubad echad. He doesn't say one leaf on. Uh, it doesn't say one leaf on one branch. He says you need one leaf and one branch. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? Allah echad ubad echad sokadaitach. All I need to do is take one empty arava branch and then stick in a leaf, and I'm good. What are you talking about? No. What he means is you gotta have one fresh leaf. Uh, not one fresh leaf. You gotta have one leaf on one branch. That is going to be enough. Okay. So so far, do we have anybody who's of the opinion for what we do? How many aravas do we take? Two, right? We take two in our. Uh, we take two in our. Um, uh, in our uh, aravas with the lulav. What do we take actually on Hashanah Rabbah? We take five. Right, we pick up a uh, we pick up a bundle of five. Right here, where uh, there's a machlekas about Ravami's statement, how much lemaisa bottom line need to pick up? Either it's three gezunta ones, or it's one that is uh, that's dried out with one leaf. Okay, fine. Now, one common denominator I want to point out. One common denominator between these two opinions is. Whether you hold it's one branch or whether you hold it's three, they're both in agreement it can't be two. Why? Because then it's the same mitzvah of the Dalad Minim. In the Dalad Minim, we have two Arabs. Arve Nacham. Right? Plural. So we want to make sure that it's different, a different amount than the Arabas in the Lula. He took the Arava and he he uh, he waved it and he didn't make a bracha. Okay. Now, if he didn't make a bracha, is it Yisaid Nevi'im or a Minag Nevi'im? It's a Minag. Okay. Okay, so from this story, what do you see? First of all, that our Rava is meant to be waved. And secondly, that it's a minute. Fine. Ivu Vichiskia, Bnei Barte, Derev Aisu. Ivu and Chizkia, the grandson of Rav. He was the son of Rav's daughter. Aisu Arava Kame the Rav. They brought an Arava to Rav. Chavit, Chavit, Vlai Baruch, Kosovar, Minag, Nevimhu. Okay. Fine. Amar Ibu, Ibu says, we just brought down two stories with him. So now we're going to learn some things about him. Amar Ibu, Ibu, Gimna, Kameh, Lodzer, Brad, Sotik, Ostakameh, Gavra, Amar Kiryasa, Isli. I own a, you know, Kiryat, you go there to show, there's a lot of towns called Kiryat. Kiryat Sefer, right? Kiryat, what's Kiryat? A town. I own towns. Karmaya, Isli. I own Krumim, I own vineyards. Zesaya Isli, I own uh, olive uh, olive fields. Vasobane Kiryasa Umekashkishin Bikarmaya. And people who live in my towns, they come during Shemitah and they work the fields. And they eat the olives that grow on my fields. Okay? Fine. Arich, Is this a problem or not? Arich literally means length, like 
Should this go on or this shouldn't go on? Omar Lay, Rav Lozbar Tzaddik says, No, this is, this is a mistake. Okay? You can't do that. You know why? So here's what's happening over here. This guy had these towns. These towns had lots of fields in them. The people who lived in the towns, he owned the fields. Right? It's not like I own, uh, you know, uh, the people in towns owned the fields. He owned the fields and he had, the, he's like Amazon. You know, where they have like these humongous places and people all live in close proximity to, to their work. I don't know if the mice, that's how it works with Amazon, but you could imagine, right? You have a large enterprise, so your worker is going to live around it. So he says, I have the, instead of me paying these guys to work the field, they just eat the food from the field. So he was told him he shouldn't do it. So have a So he, so the guy left. Omar. And Rabbi Lazar says, Kedu, Hayisi Dari Ba'ara, Hada Arba Shnin. I have lived here for 40 years. Hamisi Bar Onish. And I have never seen a person who is such an erlechayid like this. Okay? Interesting. I've never met a yid who's so erlech like this. The guy then came back to Rabbi Lozer and he says, My mevar, Omar lei, efkar zisaya lachshchaya. You should be mafkir your olives lachashechaya for those who are blackened, people who are destitute and poor and don't have their they're, they're blackened, yeah. They have chayshech, they're they're blackened. The same pritaya and give money the kashkushe kromim to those who are upholding those who have worked in your field. Lamaisa, you owe them for their work. Okay, now we're going to get a little bit onto Shemitah here, but just look at this beautiful, um, beautiful idea. You know, sometimes we we have a approach that uh, a lot of Rav Yusuf Zilberstein Shilas, you know, and the Haravna and all these Svarim. It's the questions come up after the fact. This is what I did. How do I do Juva? You know, like what happens afterwards? As as people say. Better to do it and have to say I'm sorry than to be stopped initially, right? Sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's true, right? Otherwise, sometimes you can't get anything done. If you're asking about if their opinion beforehand, you know, so what are you going to... So sometimes it's taka, okay, you know, you, you do it, and then if people have a problem, you say, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you did what needed to be done. Okay, and sometimes it's not a good thing. What happened with this guy? This guy came to Rabbi Lazar, Bartzadik, and he says, this is what's going on. Rosebud says, no, nothing doing. The guy immediately turns around and stops. He doesn't, he, it's, it's not a matter of what's next. He goes, he goes running back to his field and he tells everybody, stop working. Game over. And then he comes back to the other he says, okay, everybody stopped working now. The mice said they worked my fields. What do I do? What's the next step in the game? And Rabbi Lazar gives him the Das Tire. This is what do for the next step. That's what Rabbi Lazar meant. I never met an Erlich guy. You know, it's, I've been here 40 years. Such an Erlich guy, a person who's Tamimah's dick. He just wants to do the right thing. What's the right thing to do? He comes, he asks me, I tell him, 
puts a stop to it, doesn't like hang around, he leaves right away. That's what he meant. That this guy is that I could tell this guy's the He immediately went and, and put an end to it. Okay. Says the Gemara, why in the first place are these people working the field? Why are they hoeing the fields? During Shemitah, you got to leave the land. In the first place, what, this guy didn't know Shemitah? I mean, he's asking an interesting question, which seems to be like he's not a complete Amaris. Why are they even hoeing the land? You're not allowed to hoe. You're not allowed to even uh, remove weeds or remove pebbles, remove rocks from the field to allow things to grow. So what's the what's the background of the story? What's happening over here? There's two types of kashkushes, two types of hoeing ones of field. One stumi pili is to close up holes. Um, we're just going to translate this in context as pre- prevent hoeing. It's hoeing to prevent damage, not to enhance the field. There's one type of hoeing that's there to, as prevent, and the other one is okay, which actually strengthens, from the word barrier, it makes it healthier. Um, to make it healthier, to enhance what you have is forbidden. But to prevent the field from getting any worse, that type of hoeing is mutter to do during Shemitah. A person is not allowed to travel on Arab Shabbos more than three parsois. You might run into Shabbos. Yeah. Not only might you run into Shabbos, you need to have enough time to not only not be there on Shabbos, but to make sure you have your mitzvah Shabbos. You got to make sure your Shabbos suit is set up and everything is is uh, prepared properly. Amr Kahana. Rav Kahana says, This is only true when uh, a person is going home. Okay? But when you're going to somebody else, when you're going to a guest, or you're going to a hotel, you're allowed to travel a little further. You know why? Because there's a lot less preparation. When you're home, when you're going home, you're going to prepare once you're there. When you're going somewhere else, you're going to have the food with you. People come prepared. People, anybody travels on Friday, right? Got to make sure that you take a bottle of grape juice in your car, a couple chalas, a couple tea lights, right? Just in case you have to stop at a hotel on the side of the road. But you're expecting it to be like that. So when you're traveling home, actually we need to be more machmir because you're not prepared for Shabbos. When you have Shabbos preparation with you, there's more room for leniency. Even when you're traveling home, then um, when you're going to hotel. Yeah. Um, and uh, I once had to travel late on Friday, and I got home, and nobody prepared any food for me. All right, and therefore he's bringing a proof that when you're traveling home uh, to your house, you, you don't prepare. You expect to have it there. And he says, "I got there right before Shabbos, and you know what I did was wrong, unfortunately, or maybe it was an einus. I don't know. Maybe he didn't do it wrong. Maybe it was an einus that he got stuck, and he had to get there before Shabbos. But his bottom line is, he came home, and there was no food. Uh, there was no food waiting for him." from his family. Okay, very interesting uh, 
Halach, as far as Hilchah Shabbos is concerned, practically speaking, a person should never travel on Friday without leaving enough time to double the expected travel time. Okay? So if, let's say, a person's going on a uh, two-hour drive to somebody before Shabbos, they're obligated to leave at least four hours before, before you know, the, the time that any Shabbos preparations need to be done. If you know you need to prepare meals, it's going to take an hour before candle lighting, and candle lighting 7.30. You need to start preparing 6.30, and it's a two-hour trip. You're not allowed to leave at 4.30. You have to leave 2.30. You've got to leave double the, the amount of time for travel. Um, okay, we'll hold it here for today. Guten Ereb Shabbos, and Belgium Matzi Shabbos at, uh, we'll call it 9.30. We're getting a little earlier. So 9.30 on Matzi Shabbos. We will pick up from the bottom two lines on Mem Dalid Amrod Aleph. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.